Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampy, and my guest today is a real estate investor out of Chicago, Illinois, Miss Sierra Thurman. Thank you for joining me. Hey, James. Thank you for having me. My, it's, I'm really glad to get you because my cousin, um, James, he told me, hey, I got a friend that you really need to get on your podcast. And he was telling me about you and he directed me to your page. So I wanted to, I did some research. And I was like, yeah, that's somebody I would like to talk to. So thank you for taking the time. No problem. I feel honored. I feel special. <laughs> well, wait a minute, because before we started talking, you said you was on Steve Harvey. <laughs> well, you, Steve, it's all an honor. You know what I'm saying? I don't take it lightly. I appreciate it. I, and I appreciate you putting put me in the same category as him. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, I, as I mentioned, you're a real estate investor. How did you get involved with that? Yeah, so I've been investing since I was about 21. Uh, when I first purchased my first property, I knew it was time to leave the nest. Um, <laughs> and I've been a, real, a realtor uh, with Coldwell Banker now for about three years. Oh, so you actually, you're actually, you do real, you're a realtor as well. Yes, I'm a real estate agent. I'm an investor and a project manager. And then correct me if I'm wrong, you, you also work law enforcement, correct? I do. Yes, I'm also a police investigator. Most people don't know that part. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many hours in a day you have? Because I only got 24. I got the same 24. I got the same. <laughs> how do you balance all this stuff? I know it seems like quite a bit, and it can be a lot at times. Um, honestly, with balancing, I'm just present and in the moment with whatever I'm doing at that moment. And I do a lot of time blocking. So my calendar is essential to my livelihood. I want to back up because you said you you left home at 21 and you bought a property. Was that, was it, I'm assuming since you said you had to leave the nest, it wasn't an investment property. It was for you to actually living right correct correct so my first property i purchased was a condo in the high park neighborhood if you're familiar with chicago um so of course i i went to school i stayed in the dorms when i was in college after school i went back home with mom dukes and i was like you know what it's about that time <laughs> so i ended up getting my first property um a condo and most people don't look at their first property as an investment, but it actually is because by purchasing that first one, that led to me doing more and more and more. So before you bought the first property, you didn't have like the itch to get into real estate. I did not. I did not. Um, I Real estate is life changing, but I didn't know how much it would be so. Um, until I got into the space I'm currently at, I had to learn a little bit more. Are you familiar with the bird method, things like that? Okay. You know, what's funny. Me and Jane, ironically, Jane set the podcast up and he just was telling me a book about it. So I'm going to say no, but he he literally read his B-R-R-R -R -R something, but I don't, because I don't know exactly what the acronym is, I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, so it's pretty much when you, purchase property, the B stands for buy. Um, and then after you buy the property, you're going to renovate it or rehab it. And once you rehab it, you're going to um, rent it out 
and then you're going to refinance it and pull some of the equity out of the property, and then you're going to repeat the process. So it's essentially, instead of you just renting and being a tenant, you purchase the property. For me, I was living in the property, and when I was ready to move on to my next one, I put a tenant in that first property, that condo. Mm-hmm. I used some of my equity that was in that property and rolled that over to a new property. So it's like rinse and repeat. Okay. I want to, you know what? I want for my own knowledge and my listeners' knowledge, we hear the word investor, but I want you to tell us exactly what an investor is. Well, honestly, I feel that you can be an investor with just purchasing one property. You literally mm-hmm. one property away from being an investor. An investor to me is someone who owns real estate. Everyone is in real estate. You just own the wrong side of it if you're still renting. And this is not a knock to anyone who has not purchased yet, um, but it's something that can help build wealth. And I wasn't familiar with that process or what that looks like, especially for someone in our community, until I actually got in the game. So you can either keep sitting on the sidelines or you can get in the game. And honestly, a lot of times people will be renting and your mortgage will be less than what you're paying for rent. Mm. Now, what do you say to those people who who don't want the responsibilities of ownership? Basically, that you're going to make your landlord rich. And that's (laughs) cool, too, because there's a lot of landlords um, and people who aren't investors who appreciate tenants. I mean, honestly, I have a tenant now. She's been with me for going on five years and I was encouraging her to purchase. I'm like, your credit score is good. You got good income. You make that you. She's a great tenant. If I was a selfish person, I would want her to stay right there in that unit forever. <laughs> right? She paid my rent on time. She ain't never been late, not during the pandemic or nothing. But I know that it's, it's, it's time for her to elevate and take it to the next level. And you got to, you know, te- keep teaching others about it. So I'm interested. What was her response? At first, she was afraid. Like most people, she was scared. But now she's actually house hunting. She's looking now. Did she say what she was afraid of? Yeah, you know, just pretty much the responsibility of owning property. And it's like, it's the same thing as if you were a tenant. Instead of you calling the landlord, you know, when the plumbing or something goes wrong with the plumbing, now you're calling the plumber. But it's the same thing. The the positives are now that you can actually take advantage of the equity that's in that property. Right. So let's say you purchase a home for one hundred thousand dollars, but the property is actually worth, let's say, one fifty. As an owner, you have access to that fifty thousand dollars in equity. And that's like turning your your property into a bank account. And most people aren't familiar with that process. That's your money. You can use that money however you choose to use it. And the way I use it is to purchase more real estate. It pays for itself. When you were when you were 21, did you actually understand the responsibility you was taking on in purchasing a property? I just, at that age, I just knew I was ready for my own. And I knew that getting a property in the neighborhood I purchased would be a good investment. And I stayed there for a few years before I moved on. I love that condo. Um, I didn't want to leave. 
until I learn more about real estate and the advantages of purchasing more doors. Did someone sit you down and, 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 and give you guidance about where you should go, where you should purchase? Well, first I was, well, for the first one or just in general? The first one, the first one. So for the first one, no, my mom, she didn't even want me to leave. You know, she wanted me to stay there and keep being her tenant. Cause I was staying <laughs> in the garden unit paying her, helping her pay the mortgage. <laughs> so she didn't want me to leave. Um, but so yeah, no, no one taught me that. But eventually I got connected with someone named Jamal King. Um, he goes by nine to five millionaire. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Is, is that his Instagram page? That is nine to five millionaire. Make real estate him. real. Yeah, I do follow him. Yeah. I just yeah, recently so, started following him. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot in common. Um, he also was in law enforcement. He also is an investor. And that's um I rela- I just related to his story. Um, and that's when I really just turned up to another notch. What was your motivation for becoming a realtor? Honestly, I'm going to just keep it a buck with you so I can get in the properties quicker and get the (laughs) middleman out the way. (laughs) I was like, it's taking these real estate agents too long to get back to me, too long to get in the house to see for these showings. And then I knew I could make some money by purchasing property, which was what I was already doing. So I'm like, I'm going to make some extra cash. And a lot of times that commission will help with the down payment. So essentially, I was just eliminating the middleman. Mm. How long did it take you to get it? It didn't take long at all, actually. I did. Excuse me. I did an accelerated course. It took me two weeks to complete the course. Now, the, the typical course usually lasts about a month, but I was on a mission. It took me two weeks to complete the course. I took an an additional week to study before I took my state um, board exams, before I took the exams. And yeah, next thing you know, I was a licensed realtor. And of course you have, you know, continuing education and the fees. That's what people really didn't warn me about how expensive it (laughs) would be to hold my license. (laughs) Nobody tell you that part. Do you actually do you actually um show other people like you know you know how people look for real estate agents? Do you actually help people? Do you assist people? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, like I said, initially it was to eliminate the middleman, but once I became an agent, um, and I realized how many financial literacy is not taught in our community, so many people were lacking in that area. I was like on a mission to help as many people as I could with building generational wealth, helping them and their family legacy. It's like a personal mission of mine. So I, I set out to help as many people as I can. I want to talk about something because I saw a video, ironically, it was yesterday. Um, it was a gentleman, I didn't, I didn't catch his name, but he was talking about the things they don't tell you about being a landlord, like mm-hmm. Just the, you, you know the repairs you have to do. Yeah. So for you personally, is do you ever find that like intimidating or frustrating? Well, it can be frustrating at times, but you know it's just part of the game. So you got to look at it this way. Um, so one of my properties, um, the rent is twenty three hundred. The mortgage itself is only eleven hundred. Wow. So that's an additional twelve hundred dollars every single month of cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. So if you got a 
after six months, you didn't get an extra $1,200. Your mortgage is paid. You didn't pocketed an extra $1,200 for six months straight. And then, I don't know, the doorbell mess up or <laughs> you got to fix something on the garage or you need to repaint something or fix a doorknob. It's like, honestly, the, your return on investment is so much greater than those small little things that come up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and I make sure my units are renovated so my tenants won't have any issues. If it's a newly renovated property, it's upscale, up-to-date. You shouldn't be blowing my phone up. We shouldn't have to talk often. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Is there a certain area that you prefer? Is it a certain what area? Mm -hmm. So I like the south side of Chicago. Um, love the South Side. I might be a little biased because I was born and raised on the South Side. No offense to my West Saddles out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like the South Side. Why? Honestly, because of the, the, the purchase prices, the rates. Um, you still can get property at a good, you know, price. The equity is there in a lot of these neighborhoods. Yeah. And I just have a vision. So if I, I can walk into a property that's gutted to the studs and see the finished product. I'm glad you said that because it, you you helped me transition to my next um, topic because I've been following you for like a week or so. And I noticed that um, you go live and you look at the houses and you can, and, and it's like, you could tell like, you, I, I saw one where you was like, hey, the floor's a little slanted. What's wrong with the foundation? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you just, be, because you've been doing this for so long, dealing with so many properties, has that made you familiar with, like, the issues that could come up? Absolutely. Over time, you just learn more and more. Each property, each renovation, um, you're just going to continue to learn. I learn, I still learn to this day going on inspections instead of just actually being there, like talking with the inspector, seeing the type of things, that, that what city violations, what would be up to code with section eight. Um, just, it's just experience. So it's not that I'm special or uh, have this just vast knowledge. It's just, some, I picked up a few things in my tool belt along the way. <laughs> what I did notice was every property you would like you were making known like okay the windows like i noticed that was like the biggest thing you were stressing was the windows why was that um because a lot of times agents don't pay attention to the windows they have window treatment down so they might have some blinds up and you never look at the window and that's one of the largest expenses that you're going to have with renovating the property so if you if you are if you have your buyer's interest in mind then we need to know and let the seller know that you're aware that this is going to be costly to fix. And either it's going to be, you're going to come down on this purchase price so we can get it at a better rate, or you're going to give us some down payment assistance. But I want you to know that I'm well aware of what needs to be repaired in this property. When you're looking for property, what do you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the property that's like, turnkey already ready or you prefer the ones that's like lower price but you have to renovate them definitely not turnkey i like to get a property that needs some renovations because that's how you're gonna get the most bang for your buck and you're gonna get the most equity so let's say 
you find a, 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 a crazy renovated house that need renovations on in a great area though. The location is the most important thing. Location, location, location. Can't stress that enough because that's going to determine what that property is going to be worth once it is renovated up to the standards of the competition or of its neighbors. So you might get a property for 200,000, but the area might be 400, $500,000 property. So you might have to put 60 to 100,000 in it, but even at 100,000, you are now at $300,000 on that mortgage, but the property is now worth half a million. That's now $200,000 worth of equity. It's like you went in like that. So I always get property that needs to be renovated, put a little money into it, and now you get all the equity to play with. Now that's like a bank account. I can't stress that enough, and I don't think people are really getting that. That $200,000 in equity, that's your money. Mm. Guess what you could do with $200,000? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all some problems I got right now. Come on now. Come on now. That's why I said only take one property. It don't even take a lot. Now, for my new investors, you know, you just getting into the game. This is not HGTV. <laughs> it ain't going to be done in 30 minutes. You feel me? Um, so I would say start with a smaller project. Get something that needs to be renovated, but do something that's more cosmetic updates, right? Make it look pretty. But don't get anything that you need to like gut or have, you know, you got to do electrical, you got to do plumbing, you got to, you know, tear all the walls out. Like you just want to do cosmetic updates, small little things, beautify the property. You know, you might make a quick 50, 60,000, but that's 50, 60 that you ain't have. Yeah. How long do those renovations normally take? So it varies based on the project itself. Um, but if I had to just say on average, the, let's say the average home, three bedroom, two bath, um, maybe about two to three months on the renovations, depending on your team. Um, if you're doing like a hard money loan, it might take a little bit longer because you got a draw period where you're getting some funds from the lender. But yeah, anything six months and under, I say you winning because the first couple of months, you're not even paying a mortgage, right? Oh. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but after you purchase a property, you don't even pay a mortgage for at least two months. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's like getting two free rent checks. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, you didn't have to pay rent for two months. When you purchase, it's a good two months you ain't got to pay. So if you get another four months or so that you actually have to pay the mortgage, if everything is completed, the property can be sold within that six-month time period. You turn around and you do it again. Or you put a tenant in that property and you pull the equity out of it and buy some more. Do you actually so there's, there's have so a, many ways to do it? Do you actually have a team that does the renovations and stuff for you, or you use different people? Absolutely, I have a team. Okay. Oh, now. I think this is a good example. Um, of course, the people they just listening, but I'm gonna try to paint the picture for them. Okay. So you went you went live today. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a house. You walked in. Like I said, you always check the windows. Um, you were mentioning um, it had drop ceilings, so <laughs> you was like, "Yeah, we could change the drop ceilings out." Um, the bathroom was kind of dated. 
So you said you wanted to renovate the whole bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, you said I think you said something about sand in the cabinets. Am I correct? Yeah, sand okay. and stain the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like you uh, could just paint the cabinets, keep those. It's certain things you can do. So for a project like that, is that considered a big project or a small one? So something like that would be considered small, right? Because we're not even renovating the whole kitchen. We kind of just do, put, put some lipstick on it. Those particular cabinets were good cabinets. They just weren't a nice color. They weren't opening up the space. So, And I always recommend renovating kitchens and bathrooms. You actually get the most bang for your buck with new kitchens and bathrooms. Um, so, yeah, something like that is considered cosmetic. And how long would that one take? That renovation, how long would it take? Not a, not long at all. Like I said, a month or two, if that, depending on the contractor's schedule, depending on how quickly you get the funds to them. A lot of times people run into issues not having the funds for their project. Mm. You know, sure and not, not vetting your contractors because these contractors could be some con artists, okay? Ooh. So you got to make sure you vet your team, make sure you get good referrals or have someone recommend you to work with a person, you know? Um, so yeah, real estate is definitely a relationship business. I've been grateful to build relationships throughout the years. And I share those contacts with my clients. One thing that you made mention of um, was your, your experience in law enforcement. How does that help you with real estate? That's a good question. Um, with law enforcement, you got to kind of be a people's person. You run into all type of people. Uh, you also run into a lot of situations where you have to be the voice of reason or the calm in the storm. Like when people call the police, it's usually not a good reason. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when all hell is breaking loose all around you, you have to be able to keep your head, be calm, cool, and collected in that situation. So I think that helps me. Um, also with negotiation and things like that. Um yeah, so it is. I'm I'm able to use those skills, and it transfers over to the real estate world. I want to touch on something that was um, personal that I saw on your page. You were you were very open and transparent about your uh, weight loss transformation. Uh, if I remember right, it was it was like a hundred pounds, correct? Oh goodness, no, I haven't lost a hundred. Not, but I, I'm I want to lose a lot, but. Good Lord. No. Well, what was the number? Because it was a lot. <laughs> it wasn't a hundred. Ninety-nine. So honestly, right now I want to drop 50 more pounds. Um, but I literally didn't try every single diet that is known to man. Um, and I realized that, and I know it sounds so cliche, but it has to become a lifestyle. And all the fad diets, you know, they don't work long term. So now I have a nutritionist, I have a personal trainer, and that self-care with making sure I'm eating healthy and working out is now just a part of my lifestyle. Now it's like, okay, I'm not forcing myself or rushing myself to get to a certain point by a certain date. Now it's literally like, let me enjoy the process and I'll get there and arrive when I arrive. 
I'm sure because you lost the weight, like you had more energy and things like that, correct? Correct. Absolutely. So, so how's that helped you business wise? Because I mean, you want to go a lot, so you, you don't know to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, um, just in, in, in every day, the movement. Like for instance, today alone, I started at six a.m. I literally finished up right around six p.m. That's a long day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to keep your energy up and just be able to physically move that much, you up and down stairs, you walking a lot. Um, yeah, it's a blessing. I'm grateful. I don't take it for granted at all. I've had several knee surgeries. That's honestly when I picked up a lot of my weight. I've had four knee surgeries to date. The first two came from um, basketball. I was a D1 college um, athlete. Um, and the last two came from just overly exerting myself in the gym, doing too much, like I'm still training for something. So now it's just about balance, right? And about just living a healthier lifestyle. I'm no health nut. I'm no. I'm not a vegetarian. Um, I just try to make each day better than the one before. So you you play um, Division One basketball? I did Loyola University. The one in Chicago. Yes. That's the one that went, that's a Catholic school, correct? It is. Okay. Yes, it is. So I'm assuming you were in pretty good shape back then, right? Absolutely. The best shape of my life. <laughs> so, so did it be, so because you, unfortunately you had knee surgeries and gained weight, did the, did the weight gain take a toll on you mentally? Oh, absolutely. Um, Honestly, I didn't. I learned that I was an emotional eater after going through that period because each time I had to learn how to walk all over again. And the little things that we take for granted, like putting on our shoe, um, getting up from a chair, sitting on the toilet, getting in and out of the tub, putting on your pants, those things were extremely difficult to do. It was so hard. And I found myself just getting into this slump and I would just eat, watch TV because you can't you can't work out. Um, you still got to go through like your physical therapy, getting yourself back together. It was a very tough time and not just physically, but mentally. Mm. And it's when you realize like what you made of when you go through some things, you know what I'm saying? And those was one of those challenging times. How were you able to overcome it? Honestly, getting back to the best version of myself, not giving up on me and God. Oh. It was He was the only one who helped me make it through. I got to give it up to him. Each time I went through a difficult situation in life, um, and not just physically, I went through something with my employer who shall remain nameless. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I was off work, suspended with no pay for over two years. Wow. And during that time period, I realized, like, they don't care how food going to get on my table, how my bills going to get paid, how my mortgage going to get paid. That turned me up to a whole nother level. It's like, okay, I need to make sure I have more than one stream of income. And real estate became that additional stream. So I honestly want to thank them for everything they put me through 
because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be the beast that I am now today when it comes to these real estate streets. Yeah, I was just about to ask, because of that, did it make you actually go harder? But clearly it did. Absolutely. And like I said, um, you will quickly find out that you cannot depend on a sole source of income because if that source, for whatever reason, disappears, goes away, you no longer have it, now what? And I promised myself I would never be put in that position again. So I went really hard in gaining multiple streams of income. And I'm thankful for the situation. Now, when I was going through it, whew, it was tough. Oh yeah. But I had to shift my mindset and the way I was viewing it. Once I shifted my mindset, is now it's like, okay, now I have the opportunity to do some other things that I've been wanting to do with my life. Now it's time to get to it. You said most of your days are like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m.? So I try to, that was today. Oh, okay. That was a little crazy. Um, but my, my days, they, they vary, but I try to be done with work by 7 p.m. That's the goal. So that, I could just have some downtime at the end of the day, you know? So what do you do for yourself to, to um like because you know, that's a lot of work. It's a long day. You you you're doing a lot of things. So what do you do for yourself to take care of yourself? That's important. Um, so one, the gym. The gym is definitely a, a release and outlet. Um, I love music. Um, even if it's literally just I get 30, 45 minutes to myself to watch a, a TV show on the couch. Like to me, that's like a vacation. <laughs> and of course, I love traveling. So I try to get a trip in quarterly, try to do at least four trips out the year. Um, so, yeah, a little traveling, music, um, a little TV watching, get to the gym. I'm real simple. When we say traveling, are you saying international, domestic, both? Both, both. Um, so my last trip, I went to Cabo and Jamaica this year. But next, actually tomorrow, I'm going to Dallas. So it's both. Let's let's take some trips out of the country. Let's take some trips out of the state. You know, <laughs> hey, I don't care if it's a road trip. You just got to be able to have some uh, getaway time. How, why is it traveling? I'm assuming travel is important to you, correct? It is. It absolutely is. I, I have to know why. Because I'm, I'm the reason I ask is because I'm not a person who travels much, hardly any. So when people say I love to travel and it's important, it's, it's actually fascinating to me. So I just want to know for you personally, why is it important? Well, you get to experience different cultures. You get to experience a different like way of life, um, meet different people, try new foods, um, just have a new experience. I'm all about creating new memories. I love taking pictures. Um, so it's creating those new memories with those that you love, whether you go on a solo trip or you maybe take it close friends or maybe you taking a significant other. But it's creating memories. I mean, we go through the day-to-day, all day, 24-7. And I work hard. So <laughs> if I can get away for, you know, three, four days, a week or so, that kind of like recharges me. I'm in cold Chicago. Let me get to some sun. Let me get to somebody's <laughs> beach. Let me have me a little drink. 
you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, man, look, Chicago got that depressing cold weather. Man, it is ridiculous, okay? And my birthday's in February. Oh, your birthday's in February? It's super cold in February, oh. so I'm always leaving because I got to get to somewhere warm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless you're a polar bear, you probably don't enjoy celebrating your <laughs> birthday in Chicago. I do not. Nope. Let me catch a flight. So, do you have a do you have an age where you actually want to retire? I do. Are you talking about as far as my employer my, with law enforcement? Yes, because I don't think you would ever retire from real estate. So exactly, you right about that. Whew. So for my employer, um, I've been uh, with law enforcement now for 12 years. My goal is to do 20. So I got eight more to go. And the only reason why I haven't stepped away just yet is because I was advised by my accountant um, for the plan that I have in place in Mm -hmm. order for me to achieve it in the rate that I want to achieve it. I need to leverage that position and that income. So with the nine to five, a lender will easily give you a loan right and the bonus was with the real estate right so in order for me to scale and the rate i want to scale i'm gotta keep the nine to five uh, i mean not let's be clear <laughs> work is definitely overrated but it's necessary but even in eight years i mean i'm looking at you still be really young correct yeah so i'm 35 now Oh, <laughs> so I'll be retiring pretty soon, pretty early. And I was just looking forward to everything else that life has to offer. You know what I'm saying? So, so you only be like what, 43? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I work hard. You know what I'm saying? It's like you work hard now, so you'll be able to play later. I make a lot of sacrifices now. And don't get me wrong, you only got one life to live. So I enjoy myself. I do travel and do those type of things. Um, But as far as this work-life balance, I'm about to be super passive uh, once I retire. What does retirement look like for you? Retirement looks like not waking up to an alarm clock. (laughs) Right now, (laughs) right now, I wake up at 5 a.m., sometimes 4.45 o'clock in the morning, Every single day. So if I get to sleep in and I ain't got to set no alarm clock, that's like a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, real estate is never going to go away. I'm going to always do that. Um, I might open up my own brokerage. I've considered that um, as far as real estate is concerned. I won't be in the field day to day as an agent anymore. Definitely just super passive with my real estate portfolio and continuing to build that. Okay. I want to, I want to, I actually wanted to close with that. Like, um, what are some of the, what are some of the biggest goals that you haven't tackled that you're looking forward to achieving? Yeah. So of course, retiring is one of them. Um, actually a big goal for me is motherhood. I look forward to being a wife and, um, being a mom. I've sacrificed in my personal life as well, going so hard. So now I'm making my dating life more of a priority and get that family life um, more in tune. You know what I'm saying? Um, So that's a big goal for me. Like, I'm not doing all this work for for myself. 
this is for of my future legacy. It's for the kid I don't even get yet. <laughs> so that's definitely part of the goal. Um, and continue scaling the portfolio and helping as many people as I can. You may, oh boy, I don't even, if we start talking about the dating thing, that's a whole nother podcast. So <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there and say thank you for your time. And I wish you all the best with your um with your real estate. Cause I, I like I said, I haven't been following you for a long time, just a couple of weeks, but yeah. I love what I see um just out there. Like you always out there going live, making moves, looking at all those windows, making sure the floors <laughs> even. <laughs> so, <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, this was great. Do um do you want people to follow you on social media? I don't know if that's what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, everyone can follow me on social media. Every single platform is the exact same. It's my name, Sierra Thurman. C-I-E-R-R-A. Last name, T-H-U-R-M-A-N. Super simple. And that's on what? Oh, that's on all platforms. All platforms. Okay. Well, again, Instagram, Facebook, um, <laughs> Snapchat, which I don't really use too often, even TikTok. I need help with that. So I'll some of the young kids don't have to show me. I guess so. Again, I want to thank you for your time and I wish you all the best because I look, it's it's been an honor talking with you um, just to see you so inspired and motivated at such a young age. It's, it's really a good thing to see. And I hope you keep it going and, and only continue to scale up. Thank you. It's up from here. All right. And I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lent. My Facebook is also conversations with Lent. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Peace.